On that day, I pulled out of the parking lot of Enterprise Rent-A-Car on my way to Ann Arbor, Michigan to meet with a group of pastors as part of my uh, previous ministry role uh, with Indiana-Michigan Mennonite Conference and Central District Conference. From there, I was to drive from uh, drive to Columbus, Ohio for an overnight and a visit with another group of pastors. My plans that day were changed. As I drove out of the Enterprise Rent-A-Car parking lot, I turned on the radio and heard something about a plane hitting one of the towers of the World Trade Center in New York. After a handful of minutes, a second plane hit the other tower. As I drove to Ann Arbor, two more planes would crash into the Pentagon and into a field in southwestern Pennsylvania near my home area and within a few miles of the church where I had pastored. Growing up, I heard older adults often say they remember exactly what they were doing the minute that President Kennedy was assassinated. September 11th, 2001 has become that day for me, and I vividly remember the early parts of those early minutes for me when I first heard of that tragic news. Many lives were tragically lost that day, all very unnecessary. Since that day, 10 years ago, many, many more lives have been lost, all tragic and seemingly unnecessary. This coming Sunday in two days marks the 10-year anniversary of that tragic day and then the many tragic days that have followed. For most of you in this sanctuary, it was literally a half a lifetime ago. Some of you may have had direct connections to people lost on that day. Others of you have been directly affected one way or another since that time losing people close to you or live in the reality that people close to you may lose their lives as a result of that day. This coming Sunday at 1 p.m., our clock tower bells will chime for one minute, calling us to remember. Then for those of you who wish, you may plan to be at the Peace Pole outside of Union Building for a brief time of prayer, remembrance, and reflection. But for now, in our Friday morning chapel, I invite us to spend the next minute of silence remembering, grieving, and lifting up our world. As we go into this time of silence, I will light the lamp in front of me, reminding us of God's ever-presence with us and with all who walk this earth.
Amen.
me free. I can't think of anywhere, anywhere I would rather be than here with you. I can't think of anything, anything I would rather do than to give you glory. Come, my Savior, on the clouds, Holy Spirit, speak the hour. I will shout out loud the message, freedom is coming and the kingdom is now. Let your rain come down all around, let the thunder sound shake the ground. Let the waterfall pound breaking down, all the lies you found under me. Let the silence see, let them see, set the balance free, set them free. Waterfall on me, waterfall, I have such a heart, hear me call. Savior, I give you glory, my Redeemer, my God and King. There is no one, oh, so holy, like the one who sets me free. I am here to speak a message, tell the truth that will set you free. I proclaim freedom to the captives, freedom to you in Jesus' name. You can bow before the master, find your shelter under his blood. You can come and be forgiven, carried along in the crimson flood. Let your rain come down all around, let the thunder sound shake the ground. Let the waterfall pound break down on the lies you found under me. Let the silence Good morning. I have the pleasure of introducing Devon Harris, the new Yoder RD, as well as the director of CAC. Devon is from South Bend, Indiana, and graduated from Bethel College with a BA in psychology. She loves spending time with her nephews, Tyrese, eight, and her youngest nephew, Jaden, age five. She also loves eating Thai food, singing, and bike riding. Um, one of her favorite things is living and growing, learning, and strengthening her love relationship with God. So please help me in welcoming Devon Harris.
going to college and having my field of study related to Christianity, knowing that at most universities, people are trying to push out of everything, my science, my bachelor's in psychology, my music, just out of everything. So um, I'm pretty proud and happy to sustain my faith in the midst of so many people who don't necessarily have it. Next is hope. In the midst of the economic crisis, So we didn't have a whole lot of support, and um, we were just pretty much living off of God's grace at that time. My mom had gotten to uh, a point where she was in the hospital for about a month, and they put her on a ventilator, and um, they needed to transfer her to Valparaiso, which was 45 minutes away, because she needed um, continual care because she was on a ventilator. And so... Me, 15, my sister, 17, going on 18. She had had a baby by then. We were left to take care of ourselves in my, in my home. I believe it was totally God's grace um, that allowed us to go through that, um, to remain sane, to stay away from some of the temptations of the world, especially for myself. And it was totally the provider. You know, all our bills were paid magically. Like, God is just so good. Um, because of this, the situation was kind of tricky. We didn't necessarily tell a lot of people, but my church was um, incredibly supportive, and they really made up for the things that I personally lacked. Um, tr- uh, fast forward to my senior year and thinking about college, knowing that I wanted to go to college, knowing that that is, was something that my mom would want for me. Um, I was in a position where I had no money, 
no family support, no parents, and um, kind of had no hope. Like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Um, my testimony of being able to pay for college, get through college, um, I think is one of the biggest victories in my life because going from having nothing to um, having all the money that I needed for college, being able to graduate, being connected with some amazing professors, growing in my faith in college, it just seems so unbelievable. And I've told this testimony so many times and I've had so many different um, details and sometimes I cry uncontrollably and sometimes I'm fine like I am now, but if you want to know a little bit more, we can talk later. Last but not least, love. Scriptures I hold firm to are John 14 and 15. If you really love me, you will keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with, all, and with your entire being and all your might. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils, boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or when glorious, does not display itself haughtily. Um, and I would have to say that love saved my life, knowing that, love, that God loved me when I didn't have that support at home, when I felt like I had nobody. Um, because my family isn't very close, I didn't have that support from them. She has about six brothers and sisters, and... Um, my sister having to put a lot of her energy into her new baby, just feeling very alone and very broken, full of fear, full of sorrow. And God, God's love replaced that brokenness, and God's love replaced that fear in my life, and he replaced the sorrow. And so in the end, for me, love was the reason for my surrender. Thank you.
mountain, Jesus, I surrender humbly at his feet. I bow, worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. I We come to you today um, after hearing Devon's story, and I just pray that um, we really would surrender all, that we wouldn't just sing, um, that we'd, we surrender, um, but that we would give everything to you, God. Um, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>